Instructor Cast, your AGC place for all the news, views, and interviews relevant to your construction business. I'm your host, Leah Pilconis. On this episode, we're going to talk about construction 3D printing. There may come a day in the not too distant future when it's commonplace to use large scale industrial concrete printers to create a whole building structure autonomously. But let's focus for a bit on the here and now. Ryan Schultz of Gilbane Building Company and Stephen Kaler of Lindbeck hope to convince you that today's contractors can easily benefit right now from what's called desktop 3D printing technology. They're about to share how they are using 3D printing in various construction applications to help them win new work, plan for the job, and successfully execute projects. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Leah. Thanks, Leah. Ryan, I'd like you to start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll have Steve do the same. All right. So. My name is Ryan Schultz. I'm a virtual design and construction manager with Gilbane Building Company, um, which is a national general contractor. I'm located out of our Houston, Texas office. And in my role as a VDC manager, I utilize many different types of technology to aid in the construction process. Great. Thanks for being here. Steve, why don't you go ahead? Thanks for having me on today, Leah. I really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Stephen Kaler. I am with Lindbeck. We are also based out of Houston, Texas, and I am a VDC coordinator. I do a lot of our BIM coordination processes. Um, I work in our applied technologies department where we handle majority of our BIM coordination processes and also um, other visualization tools and other applied technologies throughout our entire construction business. We've got lots to talk about and we're going to kind of lay the stage and and start out with some background first and Ryan you're going to get us started because you actually do this process well you both do this process at your respective companies but um, I have several questions I just Ryan want to give you the floor first on a level that we can all understand I know you're going to make the distinction between desktop versus large production printing and kind of give us some basic vocabulary and and just talk about what this is to get us going. Absolutely. So when we talk about desktop 3D printing or 3D printing in general, um, it is the act of using a machine that can create a three-dimensional object um, from scratch. Um, when we talk about desktop 3D printing, it uses a, I'll say a small scale machine that can be literally the size of a regular printer um, up to the size of a you know, up to the size of a washing machine, technically in some cases, um, it's kind of the range, but the general general use, they use plastic to then create these three-dimensional objects. Um, so the idea is, I, I like to t say is a sophisticated glue gun. You know, glue gun, you have a, a hard glue, you feed it in, it heats up, melts it, and comes out of, out of a nozzle. Desktop 3D printing works in the very same way. You have a hard plastic, you feed it through a very hot um, nozzle, and then it extrudes into the shape that you want. And using 3D modeling and such, we can tell the machine to create these 3D uh, pieces that we need. And so 
the the beautiful part about desktop 3D printing in the past, you know, even five years now, it has become very um, easy to get and, and very relatively cheap to get. You can buy a printer that's $250, again, has its limitation. You can buy a printer that's up to $6,000 um, that can do more, has more bells and whistles. So there's a range and allows for um, a large gamut of people to utilize. Um, and that's how we got into it in construction is it's not a large investment on the front end. Um, we can actually get a decent model printer for very, very little in comparison to a large scale project um, and utilize it. Well, I was just going to say, so today we are not going to be talking about 3D printing with concrete material with a robotic arm extruder, which is a lot of what I see when I'm reading about it on the Internet. Correct. So large scale 3D printing, um, a lot of what you see in the news is about 3D printing houses. Um, it's been a big thing, especially over in Europe. Um, they can use the concrete extruder, same technology where um, a material goes in through a nozzle and gets laid out in the shape you need. Um, just using concrete instead of plastic and on a very large scale. We're not talking about that because here in the United States with our, with our codes and our regulations, and of course, just the work that um, myself at Gilbane and Steve does at Limbeck is we're very large commercial projects. Um, and so the implications of trying to utilize a printer of this nature is just not there yet. Um, so that's why we are focusing on the desktop size of 3D printing because we can use it here and now. Okay, great. So let's jump right in then and let's talk about how you're actually using desktop 3D printing in different construction applications. And I know you're going to share some of the benefits that it's bringing to your business. We're going to, I think, divide this kind of into three categories. And I know that First, you wanted to kind of hit on um, how you're using 3D printing in marketing um, and, and working with your customers and, and your potential clients before you even get the job. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the great part that we see about 3D printing is that it is we're able to use it across all three um, major categories uh, in the construction process. First, we got to win these jobs, we got to plan for these jobs, and then we have to execute them. But we can't do the second two without the first one. So we have to win jobs first. And that's probably the most important element of, of 3D printing and the, the biggest benefit. Having the ability to produce a three-dimensional model of a building for a pitch and being able to show a client Sometimes for the first time, they're building that they've already paid for somebody to design and they might have seen renderings of. The ability to show them an actual object and for them to be able to touch it and take it apart and engage with it physically is something that has really paid benefits to us. Um, the look on people's faces when they see it for the first time has become a, a kind of a wow factor. And when you're going in front of a client, Every, we are all going to build the same building at the end of the day. So what we're trying to sell them is everything else in between that, you know, our, our dedication to it, our attention to detail. And we can really express that with a physical object by showing up to a pitch with a, a model of the building on, on the job site or on it, on the site. We, we usually put them on a very large board uh, with a 3d with a, a Google image below it of, of their site. So 
they're familiar with their site, they're familiar with the building, and now we've shown them something that is uh, actually it has again you can touch it you can feel it and that that plays a big a big part in in our pitches and we use that just as much as we use any other uh, leap behind or uh, strategic pitch uh, and we hope that separates ourselves out from the pack um, when we do go into a competition uh, the ability to also turn them around very quickly building a traditional model as you would see in an architecture school or in a architecture office takes months and months and months with the three printing setups that we have we're able to turn around models in weeks and sometimes that's all the time you have in between pitches having the model available from the design team already the major cost in producing a 3d model is not the printing um, it's not the time it takes to print it's the time it takes to actually build the object in the computer and the majority of projects now when you are you're given the RFP or any kind of proposal, the model comes along with it and you're able to utilize something that is already available to you, again, tweak it slightly and then start printing. It's not a long process of, okay, looking at all the drawings, modeling it out in the computer, which can take weeks and weeks and weeks. Now we're just taking something that's already there for us. Again, slight tweak, we, we can be printing that day. So that's a, a really big benefit too. This whole process is is printing or making this object from a digital 3D model. So it's like from a BIM program or from a CAD model. Yes. Okay. So that's the software that you're using, the software that's speaking to the printer. That was the one thing that I was that I was curious about and wanted to ask you how how the software is speaking to the printer. Yeah, and and I can speak a little bit to that. So you do have a 3D model, um, and, and like. Like we said, majority of designers are using three-dimensional modeling nowadays. We can take those models, um, we pull them out, and then, you know, similar to how a typical, you know, printer for paper has a uh, a driver that allows it to decode the piece of, you know, Word document or PDF or whatever, and and send it to it. There, there is a software that comes along with that, um, the three D printer that you say, here's the model. Printer says. All right, I see the model and it decodes it into the format it needs and then sends it over to be printed. Okay. Uh, so yes, it, it there is it's a one kind of a one step from once you have the model ready, it's a one step from model to print. You put in the software, it reads it. Okay. All right. So so far you're definitely making it sound like this is very useful, easy to adopt and getting started doesn't require a huge investment. Let's turn next Steve to um the the way that you're using it when you're planning your work. So you had mentioned that it can be used um, to create visualization tools um, during planning um, of the construction project. Let's talk about that a little bit next. Uh, in the construction industry, we're very visual people. We take something that is on a piece of paper and or several pieces of paper and make it into a real life object. So part of the benefit of the 3D printing in the planning stages of it, of a construction project is being able to look at things in three dimensions. Uh, one of the things that we've been focusing on a lot lately is site utilization plans. Site utilization plans are important on all levels, safety, planning, you know, the buildings are changing throughout the course of a project. You might have existing conditions, be they buildings or roads 
And now you can start to have this model and on sitting on a board and it's almost a very large chessboard. You can quickly uh, formulate ideas in a, almost a, a charrette style of, hey, what if we take this dumpster or these, these trailers and we slide them down over here? What does that do for the overall flow of the job site? Where's our lay down yard now? We're able to do those things in seconds and everybody sitting at the table is able to understand what's happening on the site extremely quickly. There's no argument about what what object is what or what the scale is of a of a site utilization plan that typically is on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. Now we have it on a full board in the middle of a job site and it really helps everybody very quickly understand what's going on. Uh, site utilization is, is just the I think it's the biggest visualization tool right now, but we've done other applications. Uh, Ryan has, I, I think I've seen some of your site utilization plans. Yeah, we actually have a really big use case that, that had multiple, it kind of covered the gamut of construction. It had taking pieces of the model and making them different colors, making them different levels of detail to represent the different parts. We were even able to scale model a crane, you know, where our crane to erect this, um, we actually took the model of the crane and, and printed it to utilize. Um, and it's similar to what Steve was saying with like dumpsters and things. We can actually print objects that represent those items and be able to use those. And, um, you know, it ends up being kind of like uh, adult Legos where you can just move things around and, and build it back. And, you know, the one of the biggest benefits that we've seen from that is having that model sitting on site. Uh, it sits on the conference table. Um, of the project. And so when they have their weekly subcontractor meeting, the subcontractors come in and when the superintendent is saying, I need the work in this area done, instead of just saying area A, they can actually point to it on a physical model and say, this is where I need you working. And you know, one of the biggest aha moments that we had was the uh, glazing subcontractor came up one day, was looking at the model. He picked up a piece and goes, huh, I didn't know that's exactly what that looked like. The drawings were not clear. So having the model in a piece that he could pick up, rotate around and see what it was supposed to look like, was able to visualize better. And that right there just basically that that sold everybody on the project that this is this is a worthwhile. So that's what we do. It, like Steve said, we, we create these logistical phasing um, plans, but in 3D and are able to utilize them, um, you know, to help plan and work through the project more efficiently. With this use case that you just explained, the main users are actually the construction team members because you're talking about both the general contractors and your subcontractors. Um, whereas where you were just um, describing before with the models that you print out for your presentations or your proposals, the main users are your clients and your design team members. Correct. Again, we feel that pretty much every type of person on a construction project can utilize this. But yes, this type that we use is more you know, we make it, thankfully these, these models are very tough. I mean, it's plastic. Um, they can take a little bit of a beating so we can set them on a job site where it's dusty, where it's dirty, where they get knocked around and knocked off the table and it, and it's fine. They're fine. And even if they aren't, we've already established this model that we can just reprint another piece. So 
it definitely works for both sides. That's another, I guess, time saver, maybe even cost savings. You have multiple uses and um, you can reprint if you need to. In fact, that's a great segue into the next use case where you're actually applying this on the actual job site, because I know you guys had given um, me some examples when we were talking before about how you can print things again and again and again. Let's switch to that third use case. And Steve, can you kick us off and just talk a little bit about how you've printed things that have helped your workers out actually in the field? Yes. One of the, all three of these items kind of relate back to each other and they all feed into each other. Uh, pitching it in the marketing feeds into the, the visualization, which feeds into the uh, actual job site use. And then sometimes that actually leads back into the marketing. One use case I can think of is we had a, a piece of medical equipment being installed on a job site and a quite heavy piece of medical equipment. And we have a lot of concrete being poured, about four or five foot thick concrete walls all the way around it, about 30 feet tall. We were able to print to scale all of the concrete pours, all the leave outs and all the exact geometry of these pours, which take a long time. And we were able to really help everyone visualize on the job site, these massive concrete pours. And to the fact that once it was poured, somebody put that block on the model and our owner actually came in and said, that model looks very interesting. And that's what our building looks like. And they asked us to produce another one. It was very quickly produced because we already had it. Again, it's a job site use now turning into a marketing. So now we have a, our model with logos and and a project name on it sitting in the owner's office. And then we have one in the in our job trailer too. So those are, again, in, very interesting use cases of actual job site use turning back into the marketing. What we're also very interested in exploring is how do we actually use things not only in the trailer, but how do we print things that are useful in the field, like jigs and maybe some signage or maybe just very small items that, that help the job uh, go a lot smoother? Um, Ryan, I know that you guys have been a lot more, you, you have some better examples of maybe some stencils or things like that. Uh, that again, those are always the most interesting to me is things that we can actually use out in the field. You know, when you're out on the job site uh, as a general contractor, you have things that we provide like dumpsters, fire extinguishers, water, um, water coolers, things like that, um, that of course we want to mark and make sure that we keep track of. And generally speaking, what people will do is, you know, hand cut a, a letter G B C O out and then spray paint over it. And you get two uses out of it. The paper's done and you have to chunk it and you have to cut it again. Well, we said, well, why don't we make some a little more durable? And we printed a stencil of GBCO that can be reused and reused because it's plastic and they can actually spray paint on all the stuff that we have. And so finding those kind of niche items that just make the job site personnel's jobs a little bit easier is one thing that we're really trying to focus on because again, that's these guys are working long hours trying to get these jobs done. So we want to try to make their life as, as easy as possible. You know, and then we even to, to kind of hit a little closer to home for a lot of people uh, nowadays is uh, Kilvain has, you know, dove into trying to help out with the COVID-19 pandemic. And what we actually ended up doing was 3D printing face shields for uh, for personnel for uh, not just even on the job side, but just in general. And the idea is that we could 3D print a headband that you can attach a clear face shield to um, that can easily be replicated, you know, so you can get one or two uses out of it, throw it away, or 
you know, they are durable, so they do last, but the idea is we can create them very quickly um, and provide um, that extra layer of protection in these um, trying times for our workers. Thanks for sharing that example. That's really interesting, Ryan. Is there anything else that you guys want to share regarding just considerations for when this does work best, things that people who are listening need to consider? I would say one key consideration is much as basically the 3D printer can almost perfectly replicate certain things, it still has its limitations. It's what we find sometimes is if you have a project that is very, very detailed, it can start to you know, degrade in quality. You know, the that's kind of why Steve and I have been kind of focusing on the kind of overall project size where you can see the entire building. Um, if you're trying to get into little details or is it maybe a, a specific part or area, that can be not, not impossible, but it does require more effort to make work. And one thing, Brian, that I think we've kind of failed to mention earlier in the in the podcast here was the people and the talent and the kind of the skill set that you and I both have that translates into this very easily. Um, if you already have a VDC department or BIM coordination department, whatever the title is, uh, those people, such as myself and Ryan, this comes pretty naturally to us. And so that way you hopefully companies will utilize the resources that they already have on you know on the payroll and you don't have to hire any additional people and it's just another contribution that you know the, your bim teams or your vdc teams can contribute to the to the entire company we're not just siloed into one little niche of the company doing clash detection off in the corner but being able to uh, be utilized by upper management all the way down to uh, our field superintendents and across all sectors of, of the of our companies. And that's that's been the most interesting thing for me to see how everybody um, utilizes it. And they all have a different idea and they're all and they're all great. Well, and that's really helpful to know that it doesn't require any real specific training course class or extra degree. With that in mind, I'm wondering if you can each share and Steve, maybe we can start with you. What do you foresee the future of 3D printing? Do you think that 3D printing is going to expand to have more uses in construction? And we had started off at the beginning kind of talking about how perhaps in the future we're going to be printing buildings. Um, you know, there's a pretty far gap between where we are now, which I think you've really demonstrated um, some great use cases and you know a day where we're actually printing an entire building out of concrete. But what do you think the next steps might be in the future? I think the steps uh, in the future uh, for all 3D printing will follow most technology. Um, the price of these 3D printers and the price of the software will come down over time. It's already since this technology really became mainstream and I, I would consider it mainstream now and and the price is going to continue to go down there's going to be more competition the printers are going to get better the materials are going to get better so the interesting part to me in the future will be to see how everyone adapts do we keep doing the same thing just more efficiently do we try to get more aggressive and go into more actual uh, construction items being printed or do we kind of stick into the marketing and visualization field. I, I do think we're just going to get a lot better in the marketing uh, because uh, people that use these models tend to win jobs, thus breeding success and 
it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy there. Uh, but in the long-term future, I, I think the sky's the limit. Honestly, it's we can print anything. Uh, so that leaves our possibilities open. The larger scale printing of a, of a building is, I, I, I see that as us already doing it. How is a, a crane that is on an XYZ axis, just like a printer is, that has a, a bucket on it full of concrete, how is that any different than you know 3D printing with a, a very large setup? Scale is important, but practicality is just as important. Uh, but the future has a lot of things to hold into it. I would agree with that. It's, you know, Steve, why not extrapolate that into a larger scale? I, the way I see it, and what I would love to push further is instead of, you know, large scale 3D printing an entire building, what if you just large scale 3D printed parts? You know, maybe there's a, um, a crazy facade system or, or, um, or shape that you're trying to make your building that under traditional construction means is either impossible or cost uh, prohibitive. Well, now we, we have this technology that lends itself to that idea of being able to create these custom shapes, these custom forms that can then be utilized in either as itself, you know, maybe we're printing a piece that just goes on the building or in the building, or maybe we're printing a piece that can be used to cast the piece we're trying to make. You know, the idea is that we can come up with these complex geometries that traditional construction would not necessarily allow for and i and i think that possibility is great because then we're, we're going to get a hopefully get away or, or move toward a future where we're not just doing these blocky buildings anymore you know it's not just a square or rectangle hopefully we'll make that easier so we can do these more complex buildings and more architecturally pleasing buildings across the board Right, I completely agree, especially going back on the design side there. Hopefully what we're doing in the construction industry, we can communicate that message back to the design side and really have that relationship uh, build upon each other. Right? They, they can realize that, yes, now these more complicated shapes and uh, geometries are possible. So let's, let's push those boundaries. And I feel that the companies and the owners that are going to push those boundaries or are going to be the ones that benefit long-term from that. Really appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us for both the future and also sharing with us what you're doing right now in, in present day in the here and now. Uh, if you are interested, those who are listening in technology and the execution of construction projects with the latest innovations in safety and quality and productivity, then you might want to get involved in AGC of America's Project Innovation and Delivery Forum. Both Ryan and Stephen are involved in that group. And in wrapping up today's episode, I want to invite my AGC colleague, Sarah Gallegos, who's the director of AGC of America's building division, to tell you a little bit more about that forum uh, and where you can go for more information. Sure. Thanks, Leah. So the idea for today's webinar was generated from dialogue between the Project Innovation and Delivery Forum Steering Committee members. And as Leah mentioned both Steve and Ryan are members of that steering committee and if you're interested this is a great time to get involved as AGC is about to kick off our recruiting process for this particular steering committee and various committees across AGC. Um, we're looking to have a call for membership open enrollment engagement opportunities come October um, but also just feel free to reach out to me directly. I'll just briefly mention the mission of the forum uh, the, 
forum is to align the execution of construction projects with the latest innovations in safety, quality, and productivity, and to educate the industry on best practices in order to deliver quality projects on time and on budget. The steering committee drives the initiatives that the forum works on, along with the deliverables we provide members, such as this podcast recording. We just recently wrapped up a web ed recording on drones. We have a, hopefully we have to work out the details, but um, more information coming on data analytics and predictive analytics and getting into some AI stuff in the future. So those are the sort of conversations that we're having. If this is an interest to you, please just do a quick Google search, AGC Project Innovation and Delivery, and we should come out right up or just send me a note directly. That's all I've got, Leah, so I'll hand it back over to you. Great. Thank you, Sarah. And we'll include that information in the show notes. Thanks again, Ryan and Steve, for all the information that you shared on today's episode. It was really interesting and a pleasure speaking with both of you. I want to thank everyone out there for listening. We really appreciate you uh, listening to our Constructor Cast episodes. This has been another episode of Constructor Cast, and you can subscribe from your podcast app, or you can stream all available episodes right from your computer, www.agc.org/constructorcast. And if you found this episode to be valuable, please leave us a rating and a review. It helps people discover the show. Show.